right, brothers, welcome back to another episode of Point of the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and it's great to be here with you. Just want to encourage you, if you haven't already signed up for the free course, if you're a brother in Christ who's struggling with porn and you haven't signed up for the free course, please do so, naturalpornkiller.com. It's going to be dripped to you over seven weeks, and you can just uh, take it one week at a time. And so I hope that you do that. Again, it's free. Uh, All you need to do is put in your name and address and all that, and you can take it. Uh, Then if you want to be a part of a group, this is, that's going to be more interactive. We have a, um, we have a voice chat that we're communicating with every single day. Then we have a, an online um, software that we're, that we're encouraging each other through. And then we have a call once a week. Uh, If you're interested in that, you can go check that out at, themanofvalor.com and you can find out more about uh, what's entailed in that. You can read all about it. I recorded a video. So just want to get that out of the way. If you, if you think that the, either one of those things would be encouraging to you, then I just want it would um, go ahead and urge you to, to sign up. All right. So I want to get right into this because I've been the past few weeks in uh, the book of Philippians, and I've just been blown away by Paul's love for the church. And you catch this in obviously all of his letters uh, to the churches, how much he loves them, how much he desires to see them walking in a manner worthy of the gospel, how much he desires to see their uh, faith worked out and lived out among um, the the nations among the people that they're that they're around and with each other, and so I just want to I'm going to just walk through some of these passages that ha- have over the past few weeks made a big impact in me and changed really helped change my perspective a lot, even about this ministry, even about this podcast, and me uh, like encouraging brothers and. Even this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be teaching a class at uh, my church at Brook Hills. So I've been praying about that. Like, what is my motive for doing that? And uh, so I just want to share some of these with some of these things with you. And so let's just dive right in. And I want to start with this prayer. So first context, Paul is uh, chained up. He's at house arrest. He's chained to guards and he's writing the church. And I love this because his focus is not on himself. His focus is on the church. His focus is on the glory of Christ uh, being made known through the church to uh, the community, uh, to each other, to the nations. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture of the sacrificial love that Paul has, which is a direct imitation of of the love of Christ. And so it makes sense because Paul is filled with the spirit of Christ that he would have the same love as Christ. And so he starts in chapter one or what, where I'm going to start this morning is chapter one, verse nine, because that same love of Christ that Jesus had, the same love that he had, which is through the spirit is given to Paul through the spirit and he loves the church. And then he's praying for the church. And he says this, Verse 9 of chapter 1, and it is my prayer that your love, so the display of your love, this love that is in you by the Spirit of Christ, may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Okay, there is so much we could unpack here. I'm not. We're not going to spend a ton of time here, but I just want you to think about this because this is 
This is a beautiful prayer that we should be praying for ourselves. We should be praying for each other. We should be praying for our churches. We should be praying like, like all of the time because, and, and just look at this, like may that your love may abound more and more. So this points to the fact that our love can grow, like it needs to grow. And how does it grow? Through prayer. Paul's praying that our love would grow, that that your love would grow. And so I'm praying that my love would abound more and more, that my love would abound more and more for you, for brothers that God puts in my life with knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so we can't miss this. Not only will our love grow, and and listen, we it should grow, because the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Like, how are you and I up to this task? We are not in and of ourselves. We need the Spirit of God to love like this. And so this that's the first and greatest commandment. The second is just like it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And so brothers, 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 motives. What are our motives in everything we do? And so this is the question I was asking myself as I was reading this is, Spencer, what is your motive? What is your motive in desiring to see brothers free from the struggle with pornography and masturbation? What is your motive? And it must be love. And so I'm praying, God, make my love abound more and more for you and for others that you bring into my life. Because honestly, like the love that Christ, I'm looking at the love that Christ had for his disciples, the love that God has for his church, it it just is constant and it is relentless. And it, it humbles me because if I'm being honest with myself, that's, that's not the kind of love that I possess a lot of times. A lot of times it's conditional. And brothers, if you wanted, if you desire a ministry of some type, where you desire to serve people, then guess what? More than likely, these the like the true service to other believers to the world that that I see in Christ anyway was high effort, low return. This is the way I would describe it: high effort, low return. And and so guess what? You're going to have to have, you're going to need love. You're going to need more love. You're going to need it to abound more and more to keep going. But this is the love of Christ. And what's beautiful about just this, these three verses is how does how do we do this? Well, we do it, it says it comes filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. So you and I can only love like this through Jesus Christ. And what is the result? The result is glory and praise to God. So brothers, let me let me kick this podcast off by just saying, in all that we do, in all that we do, may our motive be love. May our motive be the love of God. Be the love of Christ.
even when the cost is high, the effort is high, and the return is low. You don't have to see the return. You're not looking for something that is given you credit. You're looking for something that brings the Lord praise. And that type of effort comes through Jesus Christ. That kind of glory comes through Jesus Christ. The fruit of righteousness, the bearing much fruit, as Jesus would talk about in John chapter 15, it comes through Jesus Christ. It comes through being connected with him to the praise of God the Father. And so Paul goes on, and and he goes on. He, in this famous passage, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So he's just he's just letting them see that his desire, like he, he says, hey, it'd be far better for me to be uh, with Christ. But he says, but for your benefit, I know that I'm going to stay here. I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to encourage you. And so he's just he just switches in chapter 2, verse 1. So... If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, and being of full accord and of one mind. So here he's speaking to the unity uh, that they were struggling with at the time, and uh, so he's just saying, hey, we, we need to be together in this thing. Like this life is difficult enough as believers in Christ. And the way we shine as lights in a dark world is to have unity, is is this unity of mind. And so like no backbiting and disagreements. And so he goes on and this is this really, really uh punched me in the in the gut this uh past couple of weeks. Verse three, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Also to the interests of others. And this is what uh, I've been reading this commentary by Dennis Johnson. He says, the gospel of Jesus has impressed on Paul the counterintuitive truth that the pursuit of happiness when fueled by selfish ambition, is bound to end in bitter disappointment. Whereas the highest, strongest joy surprises and overtakes those who find their hearts so drawn to others' well-being that their personal comfort and pleasure slips from their view. Brothers, this is what Paul is doing. Paul is saying, I'm joyful when you are walking well. When you are walking in humility, I find joy. And so he says, complete my joy by being united together. Like Christ died for a united church. And then he says, now let me speak to you individually, because unity is going to take something from you. And so I want to say, how am I going to tie this into struggle with pornography is very, very simple when we read these words. Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. So we have to understand that all sin, all sin, sexual sin, masturbation, pornography, all this stuff, plus any other sin that we wrestle with, comes from selfish ambition or vain conceit. It, it is not coming in humility 
counting others more significant than yourselves. It is self-gratification, greed, envy, porn. All of this is pride and rebellion and saying, I want what's best for me, not what's best for other brothers or sisters in Christ. And, and so to drive this point home and to make this incredible connection, not only does Paul like command them to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more important than themselves, he says this, verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So here's the connection. He's saying you can have the same mind as Christ. It's yours in Christ Jesus. Because you are now children of God and because you are now in Christ, this is your new identity, you may have this mind. And oh, by the way, I'm going to show you what this mind looks like by pointing to Christ, who, verse 6, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Brothers, as we pray for our love to abound more and more, and I want I want you to like take this to heart. I hope that you take a pen and a piece of paper and you just write this passage down and you say, I want to pray this every single day. And I want to, I want my life, my daily life. So today, as I get done with this podcast, it's a Sunday. I'm gonna I'm gonna interact with my with Allison, with my daughter Mary Ryan. I'm gonna interact with people at church. I'm going to go throughout my day. God, give me the strength and give me the love that would do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, may I count all of these people that I interact with today more important than myself. Like, brothers, this is the great thing. You and I can have this mind. You and I can have this attitude only because of Christ and through Christ. This is what Paul says to the Corinthian church. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And then Paul goes to not only show the this humility of Christ and coming down and serving us. Not He didn't come to be served. He came to serve Christ from glory to earth. And the greatest example of his humility is dying on a cross for our sins. Then he says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh my goodness. God has highly exalted him. And so I just started thinking about this humility. So I, I had a, a brother come into my office uh, the other day and struggling with a lot of different things. And so as he sat down in my office uh, and I worked with his brother and we were sitting there talking, I said, what do you need more than anything? What do you need more than anything? And 
he was like, he said, um, the discipline to study the Bible every day. I was like, no. And he, he said, well, that's what you think. And I said, well, okay, let me, let me just, let me give you something to think about because this is what I've been thinking about. What you and I need, that's what I was telling this brother, is we need the humility of Christ. Like the humility of Christ. And we see this in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. He he emptied himself. He took the form of a servant. He and it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So humility and obedience are go hand in hand. For me to be obedient to God, what what God is leading me to do and living a life worthy of the gospel. I have to humble myself. I'm not obedient out of pride. I don't, I'm not obedient and say, look at what I did. That's that's like the 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 Pharisee. I'm not, I can't go out into the town square and say, I, look, look at all that I've done, God. I'm so thankful I'm not like these poor, pitiful people who uh, struggle with this sin or struggle with that sin. And brothers, I can tell you, when you're struggling with pornography, this comparison game is this self-righteous comparison game can keep you trapped in your sin because what we do is we we begin to tell ourselves stories. Well, at least I'm not struggling as bad as so-and-so. Oh, this person committed adultery. This person got arrested. This person uh, got a DUI or whatever the case is. We can look at them and say, well, at least it's not that bad. That's comparison. That's not humility. So I, I was telling this brother, like when you look at Christ, it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient. And then and then it says, therefore God has highly exalted him. And that reminded me that we see the word exalted when it comes to us and other parts of Scripture. First Peter 5, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes, opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Jesus, in Matthew 23, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humble, but whoever and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But isn't that counterintuitive? If I humble myself, then am I doing it because I want God to exalt me? And that's not the case. Like true humility, true humility. Do you know what the purpose of true humility is? This is what it was in Christ. So I'm going to go back to this picture in Philippians 2, 9 through 11. It talks about the the humility of Christ, and then it talks about God exalting him, which we've read. And so we know in Scripture it says the same thing for us, humble ourselves, and in due time God will exalt us. But this is what the exaltation of Jesus Christ was all about. It says this in verse 11, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So brother, as you and I humble ourselves, as we think, as we like, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more important than ourselves. Like, our life 
will bring the Lord glory. That's how we're exalted. We're not exalted in some position of power where we can lord it over people. It is it is like let it God will do it in his time. Whatever and whatever that exaltation means, I don't know what it means. I just know that the whole point of Christ coming to earth, humbling himself, dying on the cross and being raised from the dead by God and is seated now at the right hand of God and and he's highly exalted it says right now and our eyes will see that one day but it says the whole purpose is to the glory of God so brother your life is not to look at what how you can be exalted your life is to be humble desire humility so that God may be glorified through your life. Isaiah says this, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, this is God, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Do you know what humility brings in the life of a believer? It brings confession of sin. It doesn't bring pride. Do you know that hiding your sin and lying to others is pride and selfishness? Oh man, I wish I would have known this so many years ago, or I wish I would have believed this so many years ago. I probably knew this, but in my pride and in my arrogance, I rejected truth and tried to manufacture for myself some other way to find freedom Isaiah 66 says, Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hands have made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Brother, do you desire the Lord to look upon you with grace and mercy and give you power to overcome habitual sin in your life, to give you power to honor and walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, then I just want to encourage you, humble yourselves before him. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Consider other people. Consider your wife more important than yourself. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. Just this, just want you, I just, I'm just going to encourage you like right now, pray that your love would abound more and more with wisdom, with knowledge and discernment as our love grows, brother, your knowledge and discernment grows, your love of others grows, your humility grows. Like God is love. His spirit is a spirit of love. <laughs> Paul goes on and later in the, just later in this chapter, in chapter two, verse 14, do all things without grumbling or complaining or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish 
in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Brother, your light, your life is meant to be a light in a very, very dark world. So this is what Spurgeon says. I'll close it out with this. Just speaking of um, these passages, he says, if you carry arrows, let them be dipped in love. If you bear a sword, let it be the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But otherwise, be everywhere, even among those that would harm you, be holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. So, brothers, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for myself. That he would give us a heart and a mind and a soul and a body that would gladly be poured out for the faith of others, for the unity of the church. I just pray that his love would abound more and more in you, that as you think about and meditate and grow in your faith, that um, his spirit would just do his work in you, that you would submit to his work, that I would submit to his work. And we can only do this through Jesus Christ. So Christ, give us the power and the strength to humble ourselves to the glory and praise of God the Father. All right, brothers, I'll be back uh, pretty soon with another episode of Porn in the Gospel.